Pulp MX Network production. Pulp MX fans, we're 550 plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code PULPMX at btosports.com and click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOsports.com Steve Mathis Show, presented by Fox Racing on RacerXOnline.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX Podcast, presented by Fox Racing. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it. BTOsports.com. Use the code PulpMX to save yourself money when you're checking out. Great guide, brand new website, mobile phone friendly. Well, I guess it's not that new anymore. Actually, I've been saying it for a long time. So just go to their website. It's great deals. Fantastic company, and uh, we want to thank them for... um, uh, sponsoring our uh, our little podcast here. And, of course, Fox Racing, foxhead.com, Ryan Dungey, Kenny Roxon, just some of the guys that wear Fox, global innovation leader for motocross racewear. Uh, thanks for listening. I'm Steve Mathis, as usual. With me in studio to talk a little more about his season, his year, setting up a team, a little bit about RV, racing the GPs, that kind of stuff. He's in for the Pulp Mech Show, so I thought I would do a bonus podcast with him. The Jimmy Albertson. Just use me for everything. Yeah. No, Over you're here. very busy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, so um, thanks for coming in. Appreciate it. Your season, setting up your brand new team, Arma Yamaha uh, team this year. Uh, Mitchell Oldenburg, you hired him for 250 East Coast. You were doing, uh, you were doing your own thing on 450s. And it was going pretty well until you your shoulder, which had been bothering you for a while, uh, finally gave in at Indianapolis. And that was it. Surgery for you. Yeah, I mean, I should have had this done. Looking back at it in hindsight, you know, mm-hmm. I should have got it done five, six years ago. But, you know, it is. It's like if you can ride, you just keep on going. And there's never a good time to take for, I mean, what I thought was going to be six months off the bike. It ended up, yeah. it ends up only going to be four. But it's just never a good time. But your you shoulders can, were always bugging you. Yeah, like, since 2008, I've had my right shoulders just been in and out since 2008. And mm-hmm. then my left one. I injured it for the first time as soon as I came home from Europe, and that goes same thing. I mean, mm-hmm. last outdoor season, I dislocated my right shoulder at um, – I remember dislocating my right shoulder at, at Bud's Creek, which was pretty common, and then the next weekend crashing in the se- in the second moto at Millville the very next weekend and dislocating my shoulder and being back at the pit going, man, two weekends in a row, that sucks. And then I realized I've dislocated my other shoulder. <laughs> I didn't even realize it was a different shoulder. So, I mean, it, it was – my right one that was coming in and out this Supercross season so much, and then I I, ta- I conned a doctor into doing both mine at the same time, doing it yeah. both surgery at the same time, and then you know just I pulled the trigger on it. It was really tough going to the to the race in Detroit after that was one after Indianapolis, yeah. and being able I was there and I could have raced. I felt like I was if everybody as good as as I was all yeah. year, you yeah. know, health wise, but. Remember, but with shoulders, it's just a matter of time. Yeah, I told my brother, I was like, should I race? He's like, what for? Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. so you can be a 15th to 20th place guy again? Like, it's not even worth it. Right. I mean, not that it's not worth going out there to get that, but, I mean, it's frustrating when, when you feel like you're putting a lot in and it's just you're never going to be able to be better than what your body's going to allow you to be. Yeah. It, um, it was something new for you this year. You've been a privateer for a couple of years. Wait, let's see. Um, BTO in 13? BTO in 12. 12. And then, yeah, Then Crossland in 13? Then cro- uh, No, on my own in 13. Okay. Um, and that's when I was just going well, on my own to the races, and then HRT helped me out. Um, oh, that's they, right. They were bringing my bikes around, and Todd yeah. was helping me out a ton. Just killer guy, Todd Hansen. Um, it was just a last-minute deal, and I just threw my stuff on, threw his graphics yeah. on the bike, and, and we got along awesome. That was a really fun year, 13. I ended up breaking my navicular and then having – all those complications with it where I had to have a uh, corrective surgery on it. Mm-hmm. And um, at one point in time, they were going to have to take the bone out of my wrist because they said it was a non-union fracture, which uh-huh. means the bone's not healing. Yep. So that was a big mess. That was about a uh, six-week injury that turned into about a three-, four-month injury mm-hmm. um, on my wrist. And that thing really didn't didn't feel better for about a year after the, the 
Took a while. Took a while until my wrist was like not not painful um, mm-hmm. when I rode. Uh, I rode with a wrist brace for a really long time, and finally, when I was able to get rid of that, finally felt good again. But um, but yeah, I just had you know, just like anybody, any racers, we all have freaking, yeah. we all have incidents where we have. You know, go through spells of injuries. Everybody has these problems. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not singling myself out, that's for sure. But um, And then last year was Crossland. Then last year was Crossland, yeah. Yep. And that was the first time of me really, me and, uh, you know, my crew with Jim Lewis and uh, Greg, my brother, um, Georgia, just kind of putting, helping, really being involved with putting something together. I, I helped put the um, Valley Motorsports thing together in 2009. Oh, did you? Okay. Um, but I was a lot younger then, and I was... Really, I thought I was involved um, a lot more than I mm. actually was. And then you, the older you get, the more you realize yeah. how much goes behind it. You, so, uh, well, that's what I was kind of getting to here. So you broke up with Crossland. And from what, you know, early on, you were telling me, hey, I'm going to do my own thing. And I'm going to build a team. I'm going to got some guys behind me. And I'm going to do my own thing next year. And I always just thought, okay, well, that's cool. Um, you didn't really look for a ride. There was, you know, spots available for a guy like you, uh, you know, a top privateer. Yeah, and in the I sport. did have a couple little offers yeah. and stuff like that. And we've seen, like, okay, so Nick Way's gone his own way for a few years now. Kyle Chisholm did it this year. Uh, Nick, of course, Chad Reed, you know, famously. I mean, Chad, people think that Chad started this thing um, because he wanted to. No, he, no one would hire him in 2010, and he started his own team on privateer Hondas. And now it's evolved and morphed, and he got his mojo back and all that. But the point I'm getting at is we're seeing a little more and more of guys like you grabbing the bull by the horns and doing their own programs. Like Chiz, I talked to Chisholm this weekend. I don't think he's got the funding you have, but he still wants to do this. He likes – it's costing him money, but he likes being independent, having his deal, having his sponsors, having people he wants behind him. And sometimes you sacrifice a little bit with your team – so you went that way. You set up your own thing. You had Mitchell Oldenburg, Arma on board, Yamaha on board. It's a lot of work, but at the end, I guess it's kind of rewarding, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's really rewarding because at the end of the day, like you are in control of your own destiny. And um, you're not putting your putting your future in somebody else's hands. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like the most about it is, you know, in 2013 it would have been. No, yeah, 2013 was the year after my BTO year. And I can just remember at BTO, I mean, I love the whole crew over there, Forrest and you know, yeah. Carson. All the all the Butler Brothers guys were awesome to me. But we had JGR doing our stuff, and they did – I mean, I'm not going to bash on them, but our stuff was awful. We, yeah. we had no attention right. over there. And it was tough. And they were a sponsor. You, they were you a had sponsor. to run them. Yeah. And they're good guys over there. I mean, the race team's – I mean, Jeremy Albrecht's an awesome dude. I'm not going to sit here and bash on anybody, but our bikes were – were terrible and and we were frustrated that we weren't getting the attention that we deserved and the ktm move for the butler brothers was amazing it was yeah. awesome you know right. now it it um slingshotted their team to be because they had all the things in place to be a good team mm-hmm. and that was just the final step so looking into that i just like you know you can go on another team and and be stuck with you know what you got yeah and that's hey just, we're gonna run this suspension we're it, gonna run yeah chad reed was at that point i believe um yeah. where he he likes to change his stuff up a lot. Yeah. Like, yeah. And he wanted to be in the position where if something wasn't working, he could change it. And um, I really like working with Merge Racing and Jim Lewis, and I wanted him to be involved with my program. Um, he's just a good guy, and he's, I mean, in my mind, he's a genius. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he's an engineer. He can, he comes yeah. up with stuff. He's one of those guys, he's one of those guys that if he looks at something and doesn't like it, he's in his shop and he's going to build yeah. something to fix it, you know, and that's, that's the kind of people you want around you. So we, I, I going into, I guess what I'm trying to say is going in, going forward. I was like, you know what, with the Crossland thing is, I'm gonna build my whole thing together. Yeah. And I got hooked up with Chris Crossland, and you know, for the most part, I felt like that was a really successful season for the team. Um, we got good exposure, and you know, I felt like we did really well for our sponsors. And moving into the following year, there was obviously you're always wanting to build, mm-hmm. and. Um, it's just tough because with the with Chris, um, you know, I feel like me and Chris are a lot alike in certain ways. Um, and going into the following year, it was nothing hurt that relationship other than just lack of communication between yeah. us. And that's all it was. Um, well, it's, it's one of those things. I've seen it a bunch. Pardon my interruption. I've seen it a bunch. Chris, 
is the is the owner. He's devoting a lot of money into this thing. It's his rig. Uh, you're the guy that's getting your your name and your riding skills are getting the sponsors. And you know, somewhere along the line, people get bent out of shape on both sides because you know you're both kind of thinking like, hey, this is sort of my thing. Like I'm like you're like, hey, Chris, you know, you're a great guy. But a lot of these sponsors and this exposure is because of my riding and my ability over the years. And Chris is saying, look, Jimmy, you're a great guy, but this is my semi, and I'm on the road. <laughs> you know, I don't even – I mean, it was – I Do you know what, what I you're mean? saying because I, that's happened with a lot of teams. Yeah. But that's what on saying. Chris's scenario, I don't think it okay. was that. I think at the time when he decided to the team, a lot of stuff unfolded in his life. Okay. And um, he just – business-wise, he right. didn't have the attention to put on the team. And then again, he didn't have the attention, but – He'd, I'd met him right before the season started, so I don't blame him. If I've just met somebody that year, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a hard time. Trust, yeah, yeah, I'm no. gonna have a hard time trusting them. Absolutely, you know. So yeah. the trust, the relationship wasn't far enough along. I don't believe yeah. for him to trust in us to be like, okay, here you go. Right. Here's X amount of dollars. Go. Yeah, what you can go do. racing, yeah. So it was just honestly a lot of bad timing, and then there were some some in between people that didn't help, and and. You know, to this day, it was cool because I, I met up with Chris um, over the weekend at Glen Helen, and we had you know good yeah, conversation. He, he's a great guy. He's he a, really he's a, is. He's a passionate moto fan. He is. You know, and, and, and you know, I I wish the best for him. They had a killer season this year, and you know, oh, that's what it is. I don't know if they had a killer season on that. Let's, well, I let's mean, keep, let's back it down on that. But they had they had put a nice program together. Kyle Peters, Cole Nichols was a surprise. That's what I was saying. Some, they're they're, you know, they're East Coast Lights program. There's a couple times where yeah. they were both. In the top, top 10, 10 yeah. and that's what do you really? Yeah, Freddie well, Norton did great at Hangtown yeah, too. Freddie Norton so. did good at Hangtown, but yeah. Anyways, like yeah. that, that's all cool, and I'm all good with that. But going forward, I guess. But this deal is your own. This is you. Yeah, and there's, I guess I guess at the end of 2014, what I'm trying to say is, I was looking to have more of a partnership and mm-hmm. involvement in it, and um, I just don't think the trust was there, and that's fine. Right. Um, so. I decided to go my separate directions, and I had worked with Jimmy Sloan the year before all year with Milestone, and okay. and um, it just so happened to be Faith Abbott that I, uh, the day after I decided to tell the Crossland yeah. deal I wasn't going to do it, mm-hmm. we got in touch with each other, and um, our relationship had worked out good the year before with me advertising the track, and he's like, hey, I just bought Arma, this is kind of what I'm going right. to do, and this is in like November by now. Yeah. And... Um, you know, luckily I had helped help me, Jim and and Greg at all. Jim Lewis and Greg Albertson at all helped get that Crossland deal built. So we knew a lot what to do. Yeah, you know how to form the team. So we just freaking put it into <laughs> put it into yeah. high gear and and started calling sponsors and and getting stuff lined out. And you know we had we got stuff going so quick. You know, yeah. um, in a couple weeks we had. Yamas for it. Another couple yeah. of weeks we had, you know, a rig. And then we had it, we were, you know, a couple weeks, uh, a couple days before the race. I mean, I remember Thursday before Glen Helen, we were, st- we were still getting the wrap done. You know, yeah, just yeah. like scrambling. Or Anaheim, you mean. Or, or yeah. yeah. What did I say? A- Glen Helen. Glen Helen, yeah. Anaheim. I'm not really sure why, because yeah. it's not even the opening. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but anyways, right before uh, Anaheim, we're just throwing yeah. stuff on the race. We get we get to the races, and man, we, um, I say we knocked it out of the park for having such a last minute, last minute program. And then Mitchell... It was just—it was a real shame. Now you met him just last the su- last summer, or did you know him for a while? I've known Mitchell for a while. Oh, okay, yeah. because last summer he's kind of a privateer haunted dude, and he had some good flashes here and there. We talked about it, and you know his bike was beat down, his bike would break. Uh, he yeah. was as privateer as privateer gets. Yeah, he was. So there... you picked him up, and you're like, "Hey, I think this kid can do something." No, I definitely saw the talent there, and um, and a lot of people did, you know. Yeah. But it's one thing to be like, "Oh man, that kid's talented. He's good." and but that's another thing to be like. All right, I'm gonna spend my yeah. money, and I'm gonna help I'm gonna, him. I'm gonna right. put my, I'm gonna put bet on this kid. Yeah, and we did, you know, and and I don't take anything back. I mean, it was an awesome decision on our part. He was a hard worker. He was right. um, good to work with. Um, you know, it's just a shame that he had such a crash filled season. Yeah, but uh, you can slow him down. You can't teach him to go fast. Exactly. You know what I mean? And, you so know, there was certain things looking back at it that and yeah. Jim and I were talking about at Lewis that like man we should have we should have focused more on that we should have yeah. helped them more in the whoops you know because a lot of t- a couple times the whoops bit them yeah. pretty hard yeah. we should have focused more on certain things and 
you know, you want to put that blame on yourself a little bit, but at the end of the day, it's like, it's racing, mm-hmm. stuff like that's going to happen. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was a really, it was such a bummer to lose him at the end of this year. And, um, you know, because, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think Mitchell understands quite either because I'm not going to be the one to say, oh, well, I did this, I did that. But, like, dude, I took a lot of money out of my own pocket, my own bank account yeah. to make sure that he, he had. He was dialed. He was dialed. And, um, did you, you know, always, were you always going to hire a teammate or did, no, did Arma if, want if that? It, or No, like, if, if it wasn't Mitchell, it was nobody. Oh, okay. And Mitchell knew that. Um, I wasn't, and I told Jimmy Sloan that too. I was said, you know. With Arma, I just said, hey, look, I'm not interested in doing any other kids, but this is a kid that I feel like we can pay a small salary to and we can possibly get on the podium. Right. And I do feel like if certain things would have went right, we could have been on the podium yeah. at Supercross this year because he had the speed to do it. Right. Um, are you – so going back to your setting up your own deal, and, I mean, you, Chiz, Nick, you guys are my buddies. I've talked to you a lot. Is the positive that you call your own shots – you work with the people you want, and the negative is maybe you don't make as much money. Yeah, is it, would that be would that be accurate? You're, just, you're gambling on yourself <laughs> at that point. Yeah, you yeah. don't make as much money, and you don't have enough, as much time for a normal life. Yeah, you yeah. definitely. Um, you're working the phones. Yeah, constantly. You, you turn into you go from being you go from being a racer who just goes to the race on the weekend mm-hmm. to as soon as you're not on your bike, you're on the phone talking to sponsors. You're, yeah, you're. You're working marketing sides of things. You're, you're, Is it more work than you thought it would be? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Way more work. I mean, and the, the worst part about it is, like, you feel like you treat sponsors and stuff, people right sometimes, and then you debrief at the end of the year, and sometimes they're like, oh, well, you know, I wish you could have done this or that. I'm like, well, dude, like, right. tell me. Yeah. Like, I'm here. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm at your disposal. Yeah, yeah. Like, you just, if you want something, call me. Right. It's done. Yeah. You know, not a... Not a big deal, and um, you know it's good. We got a ton of good sponsors behind us, like WPS and Fly and um, Motorsport.com, and obviously BTO Sports. You know, <laughs> but Yamaha has been yeah. great. Uh, Arma Energy. I mean, right. I'm actually invested in Arma now, and it's a company I truly believe it's we're yeah you know, it's going places. The way Jimmy Sloan is um, as a businessman, like I'm just stoked to be behind yeah. it and be part of it. You know, so doing again next year. I yeah. mean, your oh, deal, yeah. like whole deal. You're going, yeah, you're we're full, going again. full blown again. Well, as you okay. as you know from today, I, I should have a rider signed yeah. here in the next couple hours. Yeah, we'll find out. Maybe we'll on the pulp out. show. Yeah, um, hopefully on the pulp show we can announce it. Right. But um, you know, dealing with contracts is another thing. Yeah. Um, you know, um, luckily I've got Jim Lewis who's dealt with a lot of contract stuff, and he's been kind of like my uh, my Mister Miyagi. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like teaching me how to do uh, most of the stuff. He's been he's been helping me out on you know drawing up contracts for people and, and uh-huh. getting stuff legally right and learning more and more about that and just learning more on the business side of things and yep. it's, it's crazy between doing the team between racing and learning more about riding and training and between doing the announcing stuff i've been doing at the outdoor nationals and now working doing the nbc live show like i feel like i've got my hands in so many different things yeah and it can be a little overwhelming sometimes but i'm like gosh i'm learning so right, much right. like i'm learning on just to be so well-rounded right. and stuff that are you? Yeah, it's good. Are you switching bike brands again? I think <laughs> no. That should be really great because you. Went, I'm done. You went. You went to Honda, KTM, and Yamaha in I, about eight months. I told myself six that months. Maybe. I am gonna ride Yamahas until I retire. Okay. <laughs> you know, I've already, I've already told my those guys have been so awesome to us this year. And to be honest with you, I haven't. This is the first brand support I've gotten since Yamaha at Valley. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of brought that deal into Yamaha yeah. at Valley in 2009. Um, because I was a former Yamaha rider for years and amateurs, and I knew those guys over there. Right. But um, the Honda deal, the Honda guys were great. Like the factory team guys, yeah. they were awesome. They would help me out with a bunch of different you just stuff. Couldn't get any a lot of bikes and stuff. No, from I them, just right? couldn't get yeah. bikes. I was financing bikes. It's you know? weird because, like, I feel like these OEMs, and right now the OEMs, Yamaha is opening their door and they're giving out everybody. You want to go back seven, eight years ago, Honda was giving bikes away to every yeah, team yeah, and everything. I know. Like it's they go crazy. through these f- phases, you know, they where think they're, they're just trying to figure out what works. Yeah, yeah. That's, and Suzuki's not doing anything right now. And in the late 90s, they were doing everybody, you know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah, Yamaha's been supporting a lot of people and a lot of teams. And I think it's paying off. Well, their bikes are good. Their bikes are the good. The 450s come yeah. a long way from where it was. I think the frame refinements they made have made a difference. And the 250F, that, I think the motor design in the 250F is a huge help. I mean, the oh, 450 huge. is fast already because of that motor design. It's almost two- like, remember when KTM came out with that 125 that was just so much faster than everybody yeah. else's? Yeah. That's, 
that's what it's like, except you don't have to deal with the reliability issues yeah. and, the, and the handling issues <laughs> of the KTM. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's, yeah, the uh, – um, yeah, the, the, when I worked at KTM, I mean, our bikes, we had a, I think we had a 40 mil carb. Ridiculous. And we had no, you know, the, the shocks off of the side because of no linkage. So the air boot is just a straight suction oh, yeah. with a big old intake and a big old carb. And just, you know, that yeah, was a big, a big reason why the thing was fast. But um, getting back to your deal. Yeah, like I think we may see more of these things. Like a Chisholm, like I said, Chisholm's not probably doing as well financially as you, but he loves it. He likes it. He wants to do it again. Nick Way, of course, he may retire, but he's run his own team for years. Chad's team is doing okay. We may see more guys, sort of mid-level privateer guys. Now, look, if if the sport was 100% healthy, you should be making as a main event guy at least 100 grand a year. You're one of the top 20 riders in the world making Supercross main events. Unfortunately, that's not going to happen. So I think more and more guys like you will start doing that. I make good money, but I spend good money. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. that's the thing. Um, uh, when you look at, when you I, look at... Um, I just ta- wouldn't be surprised to see more guys start doing what you're doing and Chiz and Nick and all that. Like, it's funny, yeah, when I do my taxes at the end of the year, I'm like, holy, I, oh, I put in a lot of money. And then you're like, holy, I spent a lot of money, yeah, you know? <laughs> and, um, you know, it's it's so funny um, being, being a young person and, and doing that. And obviously guys at the factory level, you know, guys like Trey, guys like Dungey, those guys are just yeah. raking it in and right. big time. But, but, but it's a little, I think, and I've said this a hundred times on all my shows, it's not right. Like Ryan Dungey should make more than Jimmy Albertson. He's, uh, he's oh, got for better sure. results. Oh, yeah. He shouldn't make, I don't know, a hundred times more money, um, <sighs> 50 times more money. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're what, two seconds a lap slower? Sometimes. <laughs> okay, three, whatever. Yeah. The point is, is like he's better than you. He should make more money. Should he make 50 times more money? No. That's a little, I think that's a little problem in our sport. Because if guys like you and Chisholm and Nick and these guys go away, what, are we going to have nine guys on the line? I mean, if you're a main event guy, you should, you should, be, you should be making six, six digits a year. You would think. You know? I agree. Um, I agree. You should, you should do that. And uh, it's, it's tough because it's not like that, but the sport's not going to change anytime soon. You just got to make gradual yeah. steps for it to change. So to think that it's going to change by the time my career is over, I don't mm, think so. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Not, not gonna, you know, in the next, because I plan on being done within the next five years. Yeah. You know, um, but is it going to change by then? No. Right, right. Definitely not. But if I could make some small steps to help it change in the future, that'd be yeah. great. You know, yeah. I'd like to be one of the pioneers behind it. And um, there's got to be uh, some. I, there's gonna be the way people's forward thinking, and they're going to, right. you know, getting away from old school mentality and old school business sense. Mm-hmm. People are starting to get away from that, and eventually, Feld is gonna turn around, and there's gonna be some people at Feld that are gonna say, "What the hell are we doing here?" Like if we spread the wealth, it are eventually it's gonna grow. <laughs> Good one, you know. Good one about that. I don't know about that. No, you know, I, I swear it's gonna happen. I, I probably won't see it in my right. racing career, but it will eventually. Happen. I I honestly think that we on we could we could you know stand to have the OEMs all pull out. And just farm their support out like a NASCAR or IndyCar. I think that'd be good. You know what I mean? And maybe that would help. Maybe that would change things. Well, if there's more independent people, um, then we can form riders' unions. Then we can form strikes because, I tell you what, factory's not going to strike. No, no. They're in it for different reasons. Yeah, there's a lot of other things going on. Absolutely. Um, When you're running your own team, and, you know, obviously, Greg, your brother, is helping, and your wife, George, is helping, and Jim Lewis is helping – but when you you have your own team going on, and even at Crossland, maybe I wonder if this still applied at Crossland because you know they they have Cooper there now last year, but you guys kind of were running it last year. Your same crew, yeah, over there is trying to train slash practice slash get good results. Like, does it suffer a little bit? Is it hard to put that as you're still your number one goal? I don't. I mean, it's you weird. know what I mean, right? Like, I feel like my bike. Um, I learned a lot about setting my bike up and what I wanted at Crossland with mm-hmm. working with Jim. And like I was telling, I was, I was explaining to you, I think yesterday or the day before, like I remember hop, I hopped on back on my Honda after I'd got my Yamaha because I was going to sell it. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I let, I let one of my friends ride it. Yeah. Um, Chad Cook. And he wrote a couple laps. He, he got off and he goes, I'm not going to ride this thing. I go, why not? He goes, it's too fast. I'm jump over jumping everything. I'm going to kill myself. I'm like, it's not that fast. I hopped on it and I'm like, this bike is ridiculous. Like I'm going to yeah. kill myself on it. And then <laughs> I cannot believe I raced this bike all last season. And it being like, this why fast, didn't I yeah. tone it down? Like 
that's why I couldn't hold on to the thing. And then you just start to realize the older you get, the more you realize what you want and, and how you want things. And right. like this, this year, um, you know, like you're on the East coast, let's say, and Mitchell has a problem or a shitty night and, and then you're on the line for your main event and you're like, oh, okay, well he broke, he broke a subframe and I got to get subframe ordered. And not or, really or, so or, much that, okay. but I, 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 you know I do what I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I was on the line multiple times. He would be the heat race before mine. Cause he'd yeah. be second 250 heat. And I'd be first for, 450 heat. Yeah. And I'd be on the line like, and he, there's a lot of times he would crash <laughs> and be coming through the pack and he'd be like two laps to go. He's in 12th because he's fell yeah. down the first turn. I'm like, if we're going to the LCQ, this is bad. And I'm like looking and watching them the whole entire time. Right. And then I'm like, you're like, I'm like, oh. And then I realize, wait, I haven't even been. What am I yeah, doing? Where am I? Your where am I even lined up at? Right. <laughs> you know? That's what I mean. It's a different story. So, um, but then again, there's been times when Mitchell had good races that it pumped me up, and yeah. I was like, all right, man, I want to, I'm gonna, you know, work yeah. hard. And the bad races, you just kind of, sh- I've been good right. at shrug- shrugging the bad stuff off. And but it's tougher, maybe, to worry about your results. It is, right, and focus on that. Then, then say, say if you just showed up with a gear bag to a team, rolled into the semi, mechanic had the bike ready, and you were just 100% f- walk the track, focus on the track, watch some video, you know, have a good practice, get ready for your main event. Like that's a that's a different life than what you've got now or even last year. You know, you might you might have some better results. Maybe not. But yeah, you, you well, might. You know, you know. By doing the teams the last couple of years, I've learned. The, I think the biggest thing I've learned out of everything is to reevaluate stuff, and. When I wasn't getting the results I quite wanted to in Supercross this year, I was reevaluating and thinking, what, how can I make myself better? And then just basically it boiled down to I, I can, I've got to have my body to be 100% fit. And, right. th- and then before I even having the shoulder injuries and the shoulder problems, I was already thinking about getting them done and just, just doing it because right. – I just wasn't – I was felt like I was almost maxed out. I mean, I was riding the Yamaha way better than I was the year – I was riding way better than I was. Yeah, um, yeah I, your summer last year wasn't wasn't your, the best Jimmy Albertson we've yeah, seen on the, the KTM. Yeah, the summer – the KTM, it wasn't so much the KTM. It was just traveling, driving. Yeah, driving. Driving. Yeah. Trying oh to find places to ride. Yeah, yeah. Driving to all the races and then shoulder injuries. You know, right, I freaking right. dislocated my shoulder probably four or five times that, that, um, that summer. And to look back and think I was – to actually add them up, and it's like, what was I thinking? Why didn't I just go and get it fixed? I'm yeah. just like delaying the inevitable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know, that's in hindsight. Everybody can go back and say why. Right. You know, because right now, I mean, my shoulders feel. I still got another month of being off the bike, and I f- already feel like the best I have in five years. Yeah. You know, and and um. When did you first do your shoulder? 2008, right before Millville, when I was going to debut on the factory Honda. Oh, that okay, yeah, yeah. I was going to be, I was going to ride for factory Honda that week. The last four or whatever, right, or just the one? Just no, it was last four. Yeah. I was going to go to Millville, um, and I had, I'd got my factory Honda, has been practicing on for like two weeks, and uh, I was, I was, uh, filthy Phil was staying with me up at Millville and living in my motorhome with me, and we were riding the track down the street at Meadow Valley. And I remember we were doing uh, sections, and there was about a 30-second section that we were doing sprints in, and it had a lot of jumps on it, and I'm just, like, scrubbing, scrubbing. Yeah, yeah. And um, I remember I was, uh, in the 30-second section, I was three seconds a lap quicker than Phil in a 30-second section. Uh-huh. He was on a 250F, yeah, yeah. and a, a right. terrible 250F on top of that. <laughs> and I was just, you know, shit. Phil had some dark years yeah, on 250F. Yeah, I was, I was crap-talking. I was shit-talking. Oh, Phil, you know, like, right, oh, right. I can be more than that. I'm going to be four <laughs> seconds a lap faster. So I hop, on the, I hop on my bike, and I went to scrub this tabletop really hard that had a huge face on it. Uh-huh. And I drug foot peg off the face and just Superman. Uh, scrubbing. Oh, scrubbing. Scrubbing. Yeah. Yeah, and I went over the bar. And I dislocated my shoulder, and for the first time. And when you dislocate for the first time, you think you've broken your arm. Because yeah. It's like, yeah. So I don't know what's going on. So I leave to go back. I, you know, it's out for like four hours before we can get it back in. Yeah. You know, at the hospital. But the funny story about that is though, we just ditched the bike. You know, and our motorhome was at that track. So I just leaned the bike up against, or my brother leaned the bike up against the motorhome. We're in the ambulance. Yeah. We check out. Well, um, it wasn't till. Two years ago, I'm at Millville. Yeah. And be like, yeah, dude. There was 
like some guy was like, dude, yeah, everybody hopped on that factory Honda and was just riding it after you guys <laughs> left. No way. <laughs> so then I told Dan Bentley the other day, I was like, yeah, dude, like we had there. I guess uh, just everybody took that factory Honda for a ride that was out at that's awesome <laughs> out at Meadow Valley. But I was wondering too because I crashed hard, but I noticed the bars were moved back up from the crash <laughs> yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And <laughs> so we just had a bunch of local Minnesota, probably Canadian people too, just <laughs> motoring down on my factory Honda. I rode a factory bike. <laughs> Oh, shit. But anyways, um, that, yeah. was the, that was that was the start of that it. That was the start yeah. of it, yes. yeah. Um, hey, uh, going to Europe, you, so you finished, I think, 10th in the 250 Nationals, 450 Nationals with Valley. Yes. And you signed a two-year deal with Martin Honda yes. to go to Europe. Now, you didn't go well, but you did meet your wife, so that's a positive. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, Lost more money. <laughs> yeah. One of the one of the things that you you know you did you got, you hurt yourself a little bit, but you made it a season of the GPS. You missed some races with injury. Yeah. But did you? Th- and then so coming into this year, and we'll talk about your experience in a little bit. But coming into this year, you thought RV was going to struggle. Yeah, it is I mean, not, and, uh, and you've got some experience there. Talk about that a little bit. Why did you think that? Because he was his program got changed so much from what it was. Mm-hmm. You just can't. When something's working like that, when you got that that connection with Alden, and he's we're winning championship after championship after championship. It's hard to set your program back and expect the same results. And then I knew that riding wise, it was mm-hmm. going to be hard. He was going to have to be at the highest level of his riding to beat those guys. Yeah. Um, because do I I believe I believe one hundred percent that Caroli and um, you know Caroli. And some of those guys over there are just as good as competitors, yeah. if not better than Dungey, right. Stewart, and those guys. Um, so it was—I knew it was going to be a struggle for him. And um, you know, mm-hmm. he just—I think he took it a little bit lightly, like, "Oh, I'm going to go have like a European vacation yeah. kind of deal and do that thing." But he looked a little heavier too. Yeah, you know, like, from when I first saw him. I mean, you know how it is. Like we were just talking—me and you were talking about it just earlier. Like you travel, it's. Yeah, you get off your program, but when you're flying into Florida, you're training your butt off during the week, and you're showing up the yeah. weekends and freaking killing them, and then going back home training your butt off like it. Right. It, you get into routine, but over there, there's no routine. It's like right. you gotta you gotta figure out how to keep it building and keep it going. And and hey, how about like the you know you, you ride twice on Saturday, you have a qualifying race, you ride on Sunday morning. You could tell he. Like in Thailand, when it was like you know 100 degrees, yeah, he got like he fizzled. killed him on Saturday. But guess what? No one cared because those other dudes are like, "Hey, I'm saving myself for two yeah. motos," and it caught up to him. Like the format, I think he didn't understand the format either. Oh, for sure. You know those guys on Sunday morning, they don't even ride hard. They don't care. Like no. the warm up times does not matter. Just make sure they they're loose, their bike's good, you know, all that kind of stuff. They usually go down, lay down one fast lap time, and then and then just puts kind of put around yeah. and, and get a feel for the bike and then pull off early. Um, looking back on your Martin Honda, now Martin Honda now, um, you know, Paul Lynn and Bobrashev and they were factory Honda. Yeah. Years, but when you were there, they were just an Italian support team. Yeah. You signed a nice money, two-year money deal. You didn't see all, very much of that money. You got injured. Uh, overall, it was a bad experience for you. What you say? Uh, overall, or? it was a good experience. Oh, it was? Me. Okay. Um, for, as far as team-wise and, I mean, it just sucks because a lot of people were – I mean, I don't know if two-faced is the right word, but, like, I mean, they were really nice to me. and, and then <laughs> They were to, really nice. They were really nice. And then, like, for them to just keep every month, I'd be like, hey, you know, where's my paycheck? Month, Another month go by. Hey, you still owe me from a couple months ago. Yeah. Hey, man, you, you've owed me. They were literally, me. like, holding your riding they against were. you like, too, right? It, like, it was terrible, you know. And I remember I – I won the Montova Starcross. Yeah. And I won some Italian international races against some good guys, um, you know. Mm-hmm. And against everybody was racing those things, you know. It was, right, right. It was pretty, pretty stacked field. And I went from, when I signed the contract, top tens being, like, good. Yeah, Like, yeah. top tens yeah, are going to be they, awesome. They were okay with that, yeah. They were, they were like, oh, man, if you're in the top ten, we're pumped. Right. And, then and I, I think that's a logical result yeah. to expect. And then from. I remember I ran second for, like, 20 minutes at, at uh, Montova, mm-hmm. the GP, GP of Italy. And then I ended up fading back to sixth in the moto. I think Purcell got me in the last lap. And I was just like, man, I crushed it. Like, yeah. yes, yeah. I'm, like, there. And then coming back and then being, like, disappointed at the pit. And I'm like... 
dude, like, I just freaking gave it my everything, and that was not good enough. Yeah. So I'm like, whatever, you know. I got ninth the next moto, then it gave me, gave me like, eighth or ninth overall. Right. Um, and you're like, that's, and they, that's, what, they were, that's what you guys kind of wanted. And they, yeah, and I'm figuring, like, where, where I need to be. And then the next weekend was my first sand race at Vulcan's Word, and I went 8-8 eight, eight at Vulcan's Word. And the second moto, I lost off – I was 20 sec, 28 seconds behind the leader after a 35-plus two-lap moto. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking that was the best race of my life. <laughs> I have yeah, just yeah. like laid down the best race of right. my life. I'm so pumped. My brother's pumped. Everybody's right. just stoked. Where's Paulo Martin? Where's Paulo at? Paulo left. Yeah. Why? What's up? And it was just kind of like yeah, quiet. You know, right, I'm right, like, right. all right, well, whatever. Well, I mean, I guess looking back, and then I got hurt the next weekend. So, and then I'm off, and then I came back for Glen Helen. You then, put your phone on silent. Then crashed. I don't know if I was <laughs> then, trying to hint at you for the first three times. Then crashed right away. Yeah, if George is going to hear that and be like, he never puts his phone on silent. But anyways, <laughs> um, well, back to what I was yeah, saying. Crashed. I crashed yeah. really hard at Glen Helen, right. lacerated my colon, and that was kind of some more time off the bike. But right. looking back at it, um, Factory Honda, they had a, a goal of making them the factory team the following year. Yep. And I think of when they signed me, that wasn't the plan. Yeah, yeah. And when that became the plan, they realized that, hey, we're going to pick up these guys, and these are the guys we want. So when I, I, I feel like going into the season, they were like, oh, if Albertson's a top five guy, then we'll take him. Yeah. We'll take him next year. But you had year. a two-year deal. I did have a two-year deal, but it doesn't mean <laughs> crap because they, they no. ran it through a, a certain county and yeah. – and, um, in Italy, which yeah. is just big, basically like mafia world, right. they um, it's it's the company that signed me was called Multi Systems, mm-hmm. and they just whenever I, we went to go sue them, they shut Multi Systems down. Yeah, and yeah. it's just a shame because, like I said, like all those guys were like they treated me like family, and then all of a sudden it's just bigger, better deal. Let's just kick me to the curb. Right. And, and it sucked because I had, like, a really good practice bike mechanic that was from Italy. His name yep. was Thomas, and, like, he was 100% behind me. Quit the team after he after I did. Oh, really? Yeah, You yeah, know, yeah. Just, just didn't enjoy it. And, hey, and I, even, I, like, John Vandenberg, my riding yeah. coach, was just, like, nobody agreed with it, you know. Yeah. And, and John knew that the speed and the talent I had when I was over there, and he was just, like, right. he would try to explain to him, like, look, you know, you need to stick behind this kid. But nobody, it was just kind of like, now they're done with it. Let's take a commercial break here on the BTOsports.com Racer X podcast with uh, top Jimmy Albertson. And uh, we'll be right back after these words from Racetech. Listen to this commercial from Racetech. Save yourself some money. Use the code PulpMX. Racetech, great guys. And uh, we'll be right back. Hey, thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com Racer X podcast presented by Fox Racing. Racetech people, Racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with Race Tech. Trust me on this. There's more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you, eh, probably 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work. Whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love. Whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed. Or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for Racetech. I guarantee you. Freeze, Gilmore, some of the guys just using uh, Racetech, Privateer Proven. They work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Racetech high-performance springs. These springs are called high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10% at uh, Racetech? Go to Pulp MX. 2015 when you order you can save 10 percent at racetech.com and they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast and we thank you guys all right back to the show and we're back btosports.com racetracks podcast presented by fox racing with top jimmy albertson uh i don't know if i should apologize to you or not jimmy but i i did give you the nickname top jimmy and it seems to have stuck uh it's off an old van halen song um, i like it but you're okay with it? I like it. I just um, I get worried whenever Jimmy Dakota does really well. Oh, like, oh no. He's going to no, be top Jimmy? He is going to be top Jimmy, and I'm not. <laughs> and I'm not. Um, how did you well, – I guess, first of all, to, uh, before, I remember speaking to a Honda guy at Glen Helen who had looked at your motor at Martin Honda and was like, I don't know what those guys are doing. I don't know what they have for a setup. It's terrible. We would never run what they're running. 
It was it was literally and, worse and than a stock motorcycle. He was kind of saying like, "What? What? I don't know what they're thinking." Poor Jimmy. That's what this Honda guy was telling me. Now look, they've come a long way. They got some good dudes over there now, so you know whatever. But yeah, it was kind of a bad situation. It was just terrible because the race, the relationship that I had with Honda America was really good when I went overseas. Yeah. Um, I knew all the guys over there at the race team, and Is they that through Trey kind of or through how did Trey that, slash like, through my factory Honda um, yeah. ride in But your factory Honda ride came through them knowing you through Trey or a how did that bit. like? How no, that... I mean they just needed a guy. They needed a guy because Townley was hurt, right. and I, at the time I was I was top ten every race. Okay, yeah. Um, I think I got seven. I went seven when I started racing outdoors. I went seventh at Red Bud. I went eighth at Bud's Creek, ninth at Unadilla. Then I got sixth at Washougal. And then I got the ride oh, after the that. Ride. Okay. You know, so, yeah. I mean, I was just consistent top yep. 10 guy, and that's why I and got you the had ride. no sponsors, no team. You were no, able I did. to go. Um, well, I, no, no, I, I mean, did, you had no, like, you were free to jump to I was to free a, to go, yeah, to, 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 go to factory right. on it, yeah. Um, at the end of the Valley thing, um, and truthfully, there should be a story written about Valley Yamaha and their ups and downs with Chad Lanza and their different riders, and he's in, he's out, you know what I mean? But at the end of the Valley thing, did he not want you back? Or how did the Martin Honda thing happen, or did he fold up? I don't remember. Oh, okay. So, like, so you were 10th. Here's the, the blow-up that happened at um, Valley. So I kind of – we really helped him out with a lot of stuff on mm-hmm. that, like um, basically a lot of guidance. And Noof? The, you know, Noof. Noof, yes. Yeah. We got Noof. Um, but, you know, we, we had a – forgot about the Noof. We, we had a crew, you know, and it was good. And that was when I met Jim Lewis for the first time through Kyle Regal okay. and, and Mark Pellegrino. And that was the plan was Kyle and I were going to race um, for for Valley, yeah. and Jim was going to do all the, the next stuff. The next year, you mean? The next yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so, basically, I'm healthy coming out of the season. Kyle crashes at the last round and can't ride. But he almost podiumed at Bud's Creek that year. Mm-hmm. So um, What was he on? He was on Valley Yamaha. Oh, was he on Yamaha? The last four rounds. Okay. You know, and we were top tenning, you know, every mm-hmm. round together. Yeah. I was finishing more fifth through tenth and he was finishing like fifth yeah fourth right right sixth mm-hmm. you know and um so going into the next season we're easier to do both of us and um, i'm waiting to get my 250 and kyle's obviously not racing because of his injury yeah that he had the last round and so i'm just like every day calling him like i when was our 250f's gonna come in when are we gonna get these 250s yeah. you know every all this oh no, no, wait on the 250 wait on the 250s so I'm just riding my 450 on Supercross at this point. I had Jim do me a set of suspension. And I go down to race super or ride some Supercross at Regal's house. And I look, and he's got two brand-new 250Fs sitting in the crate. And after, like, after hey. um, you know, I've been calling the guys, you know, the Valley, Valley and mm-hmm. they've been saying, um, you know, yeah, we don't, have, mm-hmm. we don't have 250s. So I just lost it, you know. Oh, we don't have them allocated yet. They're not out yet. They're not out yet. Right. So they're just lying. Yeah. So I call and I just blow up, you know. The owner or the the manager? The owner. Because there's no manager at this point. Just the owner. Right, right, right. So I blow up and I'm just like, you know, it's bullshit. Right, right. You know, just every word in the book. And being a young kid, that's just how you deal with stuff like that. And it's not smart. And, um, yeah, so I lost my ride over that. Yeah, that was it. Just calling. But they never really explained why no. you didn't get the bikes. Well, I, I was going to get the bikes. Did you feel like something was fishy or no? Um, nothing was fishy. I was going to get have a ride for next year if that would have not happened. Oh, really? Um, okay. It yeah, was yeah. not a big deal because yeah, I yeah. signed the contract uh, yeah, yeah. already, you know. And um, and I mean, so whatever, Regal being the preferred guy, they sent him a couple. couple, yeah. He wouldn't even ride. Yeah, I don't, I don't, eh, kind of weird. It was. Yeah. Uh, and it was then, so how does Martin Honda find you, get a hold of you? How does that happen? So, um,. I think he got. I think Paul Lindsay called oh, me. Really? I was like, "Hey, these guys are looking for a ride. They're looking at Josh Hill." Yeah. And um, your name got brought up, and then I somehow, um, I, um, Bob Walker was helping me out. And we got the deal set up. And they're like, "Hey, we want to come over. We want to come over, and we want you to ride the bike." So I okay. Flew over to Italy, rode the bike for a day. Hung Did out. you have anything else going on in the U.S. at all, or no? Um, I was talking to Ping about doing something with oh, TLD, TLD again. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of going back for it. But when I get there and they offer me this, you know, massive contract, you know, for six while you were, after you yeah. rode the bike, you mean you rode a bike for a day and yeah, then I rode they, a bike for a day and then they were like, they were all about it, you know, um, and they were stoked on it. And I was, I want to change a couple things with the bike. I was like, eh, you know, this, this needs to be a little bit. And they're like, oh, yeah, no, yeah. but you look very good. So right. they 
I signed the contract the next day. It was oh really? Yo, you didn't think it over or nothing? Like, what? You, did, like you didn't? The next day, so I did it that night, and I remember sitting there. That's a big decision. I remember sitting there, and we're in this like apartment in Italy. That and then Greg, Greg came with me, or did he come with me? No, he didn't come with me for the tryout. Okay. No, no, he didn't. And you're just like, hey, I'm gonna do. I'm not sure if he did or not now. No, I think I went by myself. I okay. went for myself for, with the tryout. And um, I remember sitting there, and this, I mean, it was just so much different in Europe. It was my first time going to Europe. Yeah. And I'm just like, man, this is a big decision, but I'm looking at it. I'm going to be getting paid over, you know, I'm mm-hmm. getting paid six digits a year, you know, for a two year contract. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, I'm just going to do it. Screw it, you know. Really, yeah. Um, well, I mean, yeah, truthfully, that's a lot more money than you would have made in the U.S. Yeah, oh, you way know what I mean? more like, money. So. Yeah, I mean, it was good money. So I was like, you know, and I'm going to be on a factory bike. And at this time, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't really know much better. And at the time, I'm thinking, oh, well, maybe everyone's bikes are a little bit slower over here because of the fuel they have to run right, and right, the, right. Ex- the massive exhaust. The bikes were really quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking, ah, maybe it just chokes it down, and that's, you know, what, what we're dealing with right, over right. here. Um, and, yeah, so I did the deal, and everything was all good. I went back home. They um, I, they bought me a bike, a stock bike to practice. Um, so everything was cool. Yeah, for, everything yeah. was great yeah. at first. It was all good, and that January second came around. I got hopped on a plane, flew to Spain, and I was training in Spain. And yeah. you know, had my practice bike guy out there, and was working with John Vandenberg during the week, and mm-hmm. it was awesome. You yeah. know, I was riding with Josh Coppins a lot down there, oh, and right, me and yeah. him were training and staying at the same place together. Yeah, but like, you, li- you live by Lomo. No, this oh, is this in, in Spain. Spain. Yeah. yeah, but but generally, once you once yeah, you well, I moved to um, basically Padova or uh, Padova, Italy, and it was basically right outside a um, it's, it's right yeah. by the shop. Yep. And um, so I lived there for two months before the season started, and then I moved to Belgium to um, Ballen, which is the town across from Lomo. Yeah. And I lived there for until I I left basically. Now I, I did the German. I did. I lived in Germany for like two or three months when I was trying to be a GB mechanic back in the day. And so, I mean, this was in late '98. So you at least had the internet and things. But man, it gets lonely, doesn't it? It gets. Golly, man! Like it gets. It's just like you want just normal. Even people who knew English over there, mm-hmm. just the the interaction wasn't the same. Yeah. Um, looking back at it now and talking to Zach a little bit more, it would have been nice to be able to spend time in England. Right. Um. Yeah. And obviously, yeah, he didn't get to ride much, but he liked living there. Yeah, but the weather, cool. Like, well, the weather was tougher. The to weather, ride. yeah, the you know, the weather, everything is a little bit. It's a lot different than America, but at least like you know, English people are a lot the same mm-hmm. as far as. Um, and I'm not like saying Belgian people are bad or yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just, di- it's just yeah. different, you know. You're, just, you're not used to it. And um, you know, luckily I had some good friends over in Belgium, and um, they were they would help me out every now and then. And Do you still see people or talk to people from your time over every there? Now like, and then, every now and then, I'll see them at Supercross and give them a hug and ah, oh, you been? Okay. You know, it's cool. Like just whatever. Who would you? What kind of people would you see? Or, like there's like, just some couple local people over there. One one kid's name's Maverick, <laughs> who lives over there. He's just mm-hmm. a friend of some GP guys who. Okay, kid so who yeah. rides bikes, yeah. you know, not, comes over not and, anybody just comes over and hangs out every now and then, but. You know, um, Dean Ferris was one of the kids who rode for our team while I was oh, over he did? there. Yeah, he oh, rode I didn't for, know that. Well, yeah, you didn't know it because Martin put him on the bike for one race. To, I think they were, like, trying to basically say, hey, our bike's way better than what you're riding it. And, of course, he come over and I beat him every time. You know, like, and then he was supposed to stay on for the rest of the season. And he kind of came off the track and was like, man, this was just saying the bike's not good yeah you know and then guess what <laughs> he wasn't at the next race yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh our bike's not good you can't ride no more you yeah know? it's a weird deal man like like they signed you they believed in you they saw things that they liked in you and then they stopped believing in you you know what i mean like yeah just one of those weird things it was yeah it was goofy um would you go back um would you ever uh, go back under the right circumstances I, you know i don't how old are you right now I'm 26. I I don't know yeah. if I'd go back or not. Mm-hmm. Honestly, um, I've got. I feel like I'm building here, and that's why I don't want to go back. Yeah, you've got a little team going. I'm like here. Yeah. starting, right. and I don't want to like start all over. Um, 
I've got kind of a vision of where I want to be. I've got a plan on where I want to be in a few years, and and it just doesn't yeah. line up with it. I uh, I got to get out of this media gig thing. Things are depressing me lately. But do you need like a hype man on your team? I man, you know, do you need? Like, I've got plenty of friends that want to fill that spot. <laughs> I could be. A you're hype. like you're like fourth in line for the hype man spot. I could be. I could wear put a big clock. Uh, yeah. I could be like the flavor flame. Yeah. Yeah. I got a buddy Hindle that. Um, Top Jimmy's coming. I got a buddy Hindle that is like in top spot for my hype man. Okay. He came to, he he comes to a couple races every now and then, and man, he so is. He's just like the guy, like rubbing your shoulders, handing you a drink. Oh man, yeah, drink this down. This is gonna be good for you. Like, <laughs> like, oh man, you look right. so sick over that tabletop in the back. Like you whipped it yeah. in practice. You were so sick. Is uh, is the Yamaha thing preventing uh, Ronnie Mack from joining the team? Um, that, yeah, Yamaha corporate wasn't quite um ready to down take Ronnie Mack <laughs> on. He's not. What they'd like to say, call corporate material. Yeah, it's amazing um, how Ronnie is so different from a Trey Kennard, but seems to seems to hang out around that area oh, with yeah. Trey. Well, yeah, Trey's trying to save him all the time. Oh, yeah, trying to see the, the yeah. get, get him get yeah. him on the right side, get him on the straight path, <laughs> right, right, you know. But right, um, your best race you've ever had, your best race ever, best race ever. Um, I know I know, just sprung this on you, but. I think that Montova Starcross was really good, yeah. the one-on-one stuff. I mean, I in my one-on-one matchups, I matched up. My first matchup was Nigel. My second matchup was um, Strybos. My third matchup was DeSaul. Mm-hmm. And my my last, my final matchup was Caroli. And I, be, I won all those. Mm-hmm. And then the they put the 250F finalist to the 450 finalist. Yep. And that was... Muscan and I beat Muscan. And looking I mean, back the at Italy it now, guys were just probably they were losing their mind. <laughs> People are, and then all, everybody, I we've gar- got them, we've got them. And I get, I, I'm guessing that like everybody in Europe's just like, oh my god, like if this guy gets tenth in America, like we suck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like they have to how, be just how fast is Carmichael? <laughs> exactly. How fast is Stewart? I mean, how fast right. is Stewart who right. freaking just murdered us the year before? Right. But um, yeah, I think that was like. Uh, it was like I didn't know how to really take it. I was like, man, like I I won and then yeah, I won yeah. again. No, I remember hearing that you won like over here. Like I'm like, wow, he, yeah, he beat some big dudes. And then the first moto guns. of the of the racing racing the motos, they have a three moto format. You did three twenty plus two mm-hmm. motos, and they put the four fifties and two fifties together. So it's rocks and rocks and Muscan, mm-hmm. um, Caroli, uh, Diker, all the GP yeah. guys, Strivos, yeah. Desall. Yeah. They're all there. And the so the first moto, I'm running fourth, and I get a hole in my radiator and have to pull out because my mm-hmm. bike's just right. done. Well, then I go four or five the next motos. Right. And, I mean, I'm just like – I mean, there's guys like Muscan and Roxon on their 250s yeah. that are finishing outside of the top ten. Right, right. And, um, you know, looking back at it, I remember after winning those races, having that mentality like – I didn't get on the podium. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Be bummed. Yeah. And that's the mentality you have to have if you want to, if you want to succeed. And I feel like I had that for a little bit. Yeah. Because um, I went to the Italian Championship races and I was always on the podium. And then I won a round of the Italian Championships with which Caroli, Philip Hartz, yeah. Um, you know, Guarneri and all those guys were racing. That was a stacked field. Right. And, um, then I didn't race for a while leading up into the season and. Uh, I went about two months leading into the GP season where I just kind of the hype was building. The hype was building, and I started hating it. You know, I started getting depressed over there. I remember moving to Belgium, thinking like, "Oh, it's going to be so much better when I move to Belgium yeah. because people speak English." Yeah. And then not liking Belgium as much as Italy. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. God, I didn't like build. Realized started to not like <laughs> Italy, and now I don't. I don't like this place. Yeah, yeah. Any better. Right, right. And I'm trying to move into this crappy apartment that I have, and I'm trying – I remember I'm by myself, and I'm trying to push, like, chairs that I bought at this flea market-based thing yeah, down yeah. Up, my, up these stairs into my apartment by myself. I don't know anybody that yeah. helped me. Right. I didn't have a car. I didn't have a cell phone. didn't have internet yeah. or TV at the time. So I had this – like, I had, like, this sock full of euros <laughs> that I won from all these international yeah, races. Yeah. Right. I had, like – 
$35,000 worth of <laughs> really? worth of sock money. Yeah. So I'm like, screw it, man. I'm not going to be miserable. I'm going to buy stuff. So yeah. I remember dropping like two grand on TV and internet yeah. one day. Just, just yeah. like, make it rain. Right, right. I need TV and internet. This is going to be my savior. I need American TV. The, the Belgium guy is just yeah. like, oh my God. I need American TV. I need internet. So I got TV and internet, and I was like, all right. But then all of a sudden, I'm just watching TV and internet all the time. Yes. Like, I'm like a loser, you know? Like, <laughs> get out of the house, do something. And then it got to the point where I got addicted to the kebab, um, which oh. is like the the like fast food, yeah, like, really terrible a, stuff. They're in a bun, right? Yeah, like I know. It. I don't mean to say I got addicted to it, but like it was like the only thing I look forward to is eating. So I'd be like, ah, oh, man, wake up and like. I found like this cereal that I really liked that was like full of chocolate. So then, like, like eating was my new pastime for a while. And this is all of the transition. I hear you, buddy. This is the transition between you. my greatness in Italy to my my downfall of the first round. Right. But um, it wasn't so much that I was still riding and yeah, training yeah. hard. And but how and, about how about uh, like loading up and going to Lomo for five days a week? Oh my god, Lomo was cool, man. I liked riding sand, and but I you're enjoyed okay it. with just riding there I all was, the time. I was okay riding there, and then about. About after being two months in in uh, Belgium, I'm like, please let me just hit a jump. Yeah, I just want to like. Yeah. I remember coming back from Europe and I was riding Supercross, and the first month I was riding Supercross, Trey was like, "Dude, like, did you forget how to scrub?" <laughs> I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "Dude, your whips look so gay." <laughs> I'm like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "You like have forgotten how just, to whip yeah. a motorcycle." Yeah. Like, well, they don't. Right. I'm riding up rupts at every jump in Belgium where I'm at. And um, so it's it's so funny because yeah, riding sand definitely is hard work, and yeah. it just gets you just get over it, you know. It's, <laughs> there's so much um, there's so much di- so many different styles of riding and things yeah. to do in America. You never get bored and you never get over it. And there, it's like it's more definitely more of a grind, and it takes a lot more mental strength to yeah. to get your head down and, and do the right things you need to do to be good good riders over there. Uh, your childhood hero, who was it? I, I was a big Doug Henry fan. Um, oh, so this recent news has really hit you hard? Yeah. Yeah. So. Why Henry? He was just awesome, man. Like, he was just, he was Wasn't such Tim, a good... Are you sure you didn't mean Tim Ferry? <laughs> no, I like Tim Ferry, too. I was a Ferry fan. But, um, Doug Henry was just, like, I remember watching the Elvis videos and just how he has a sense of humor. Yeah. He's a He's a freaking him and his wife are just like he's just a good yeah. good dude all around. Um, you know, the I loved when he rode the four stroke for the first time Did and you really, races huh? yeah, on that. Yeah, like it was yeah. just cool yeah, seeing yeah. someone do something different and the guy always had a smile on his face, always positive. Right. And I remember going to Millville and you know, you inter- as a young rider you inter- you interact try to interact with all the racers as yeah. much as you can when you're yeah. a young kid being right. a fan at the races. And I can always remember going over Doug Henry and he was just always like smile on his face. Right. Would ask every fan a question, yeah. what's your name? You know, we get his you know, autograph yeah, every you know year. You know who was cool who I remember like that? It was Dubok. Dubok. When yeah. I was a kid, Dubok was cool. Well, Dubok's still a good dude. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> like, no, for sure. But he he's was awesome. A, you know, Stanton was weird and Wardy yeah. wasn't always happy, but Dubok was cool. Just awesome. You know what else was cool is um, me and my brother went up to Paul Carpenter one year oh, um, yeah. in Millville. And we were like eight, nine years old. And, and we went over to him while he's in his box van. I'm like, hey, can we get your autograph? He goes, you really want my autograph? And we're like, yeah. And he's like, I don't never really sign my autograph much. And it, you know, he just spelled his name out in big like, block, Paul. Paul Carpenter. <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> uh, you, you were at Millville in 99 when I was working for Red Dog. And he he was on fire yes. that day. He, I was literally in the creek when he crashed. In the he, uh, I think he qualified really well, and he was passing for the lead in the sand whoops, and he just ate crap. Just ate it hard. I think he got third the first moto, second or third the first moto. Yeah, he was ripping. He was. And on it was it. his second moto, and I was like, "We're gonna win. Yeah, we're gonna win." And then I guess I didn't see he it. He was but... a deuce deuce that year. No, he wasn't. Or no, he's two, two he zero. Was two, he was twenty. That's yeah, what he was. Twenty. Okay. But, uh, yeah, so that was a bad day for us in second mode anyways. But no lean Yamaha. Stayed up all night changing the cases after Saturday practice, oh. I'll have you know. Um, t- Trey Kennard, um we'll wrap this thing up here at BTOsports.com, Racer X Podcast, presented by Fox Racing. Top Jimmy Albertson. Trey Kennard um, has helped you a ton in your career. Um, you, your, your move to Oklahoma, you know, to, to ride with him and train with him. You've seen this guy go through ups and downs like unbelievable. Um, 
and you know he's out right now. I'm sure when he comes back, he'll be faster than ever. But just talk about his help a little bit to you over the years and how you know. I mean, the the guy's just just phenomenal. Obviously, I like over the last over the years. He's even to this day, he's a huge help in my program. I keep all my bikes out of his shop, yeah. and I ride out there, and you know. He's just. He's, <laughs> he, I mean, I hate to say it, but I always he, picture him like coming into the like riding and training and looking at you and Greg and being like, "Oh, all the time." Yeah, like, look what the Albertsons have done now. Oh, it is. It's so <laughs> like that. It's like we're like the like the re- retarded stepbrothers that he never wanted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so funny because he gets like like we'll do stuff and he'll just like he won't even say a word. He'll just shake his head, and just like <laughs> you know. And I know a lot of times he's just probably so frustrated and just like, <laughs> what are these guys doing? Why am I even hanging around these clowns? Right, right. But, I mean, really, at the end of the day, like, I mean, I don't want to say it because I think it, it takes a little bit away if I talk about it. But it, literally, if Trey needed anything, I would be there. Kidney? You know? Kidney? Yeah, anything. You know, I would – if he told me, hey, man, I'm in New York right now and you're in Vegas. I need you to drive here and pick me up something bad's happened it wouldn't even cross my mind i'll hop in yeah. the car and go pick him up yeah, yeah and yeah. you know i know i think he knows that and and if i ever really needed him seriously for something yeah. it'd be the same way around we've known each other since we were eight nine years old you know oh that long i didn't um, know that okay yeah, yeah. Okay. so it's like it's kind of one of those things it's like you know, right. you know like yeah just family sometimes you get i've I mean, there's times i'm really frustrated at trey and there's He's... times that trey's very 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 <laughs> frustrated at me right. but at the end of the day like yeah we we are a lot like family and yeah you know it's it's cool you it's, know, it's it's nice to have that guy there too to to learn from oh to yeah watch him you know what i mean all that kind of stuff it's just yeah. disgusting like he'll go he'll go out to california and i'll have time to ride the tracks at home by myself and i'll pick up speed and i'm right. like man when trey gets home it's on. It's on. Yeah, it's, yeah, on. Yeah. it's on. Yeah. And then as soon as he gets home, and like, there's no way anybody can go faster on this right. dirt bike track than me. And then he's two seconds lap quicker. What's his greatest strength on a bike? Where do you think he excels? I mean, scrubbing. He's really good at scrubbing. Um, he is so good through the corner. Like, yeah. um, as far as balance goes, his yeah. balance is unreal. Um, he can obviously scrub the bike, but he is so good at flat tracking into corners is he, um, yeah. yeah he's got really good control um if you ever notice him he really lays off his clutch and just lets the bike work, work is he itself. one of those guys that's good at coordination as far as like ping pong and tennis or skateboarding you know, he's or not anything? good okay. at anything oh he's good at motor motocross, <laughs> motocross. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it like right. he has no other skill other right. than, uh, he's good at anything on two wheels right right anything that involves balance on two wheels yeah um, any type of stick and ball sport. No, forget no, okay, about it. Forget it. But like you can tell, like and he, he used can, to be kind of chubby, right? Back yeah, in the day. he like he's no, yeah, he used to be real chubby. He weighed. He I saw, weighed. I saw a photo one time. He was a hundred. Yeah, I remember him weighing one hundred and forty-five pounds his last year. He rode eighties, <laughs> and then and then um, I remember we were training really hard one off season, and he got down to weighing one hundred and like thirty-eight pounds. And I'm like, Trey, you're lighter than what you were your last year on eighties. <laughs> Like, you should go back to Loretta's yeah. <laughs> and race Superman. Yeah, You'd have yeah. a better shot of beating Nico Izzy and Austin Stroop. Yeah. No, he was kind of funny how he was behind those guys a lot. And then in the end of the day, here we are in 2015. And it was so, you know, f- I got a funny Trey Kennard story for you, I guess. Not a funny one, a cool one. But um, at Loretta's one year, he was just getting smoked by uh, Nico and Stroop because he was way bigger on the bike. The track was deep or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, the mm-hmm. last day they kind of, if you know what Loretta's, they kind of just like, eh, we're not going to water. We're not going to yep. do whatever. Okay. So it just had like these little like sawdust powder berms around the whole track. The track was super hard. And the last moto of the day, it was 12, 13, 80 class. Trey got out front and w- and he got out front and the the track was like harder packed. Yeah, yeah. So it didn't matter if he was weighed yeah, more. I mean, yeah. this time he weighs like 140 pounds yeah, yeah. and he is just railing. I don't think he ever let off around the whole entire track on this 80 <laughs> yeah. and he smoked Stroop in it. Yeah, yeah. Just, just laid it to him, you know? And, um, it was just one of the coolest memories of ever watching anybody ride yeah, was yeah. that race. Right. I was just like, there's a, uh, 180 left-hander before the finish line and just on his 80. Wow! Just yeah, wide yeah, yeah. open around the whole entire track, and right. I, that race of Trey's will always stick out in my head. I know it'll always stick out in his too because right. he was stoked. And it's kind of the moment too, a little bit where he may have taken a leap. You know what I mean? Like a little bit of a of a of a step, like in his career, like a he, little bit. Yeah. I mean, a little bit because the next season he rode one twenty five two strokes at Loretta's in the schoolboy, and this was Osborne, Dungey, Stroop, mm-hmm. uh, Lemoyne, and. 
he got ha- he got it handed to him a little bit. Um, oh, he did. Okay, yeah, um, he did. Okay, yeah. Um, Moin Pap. But other than that, he just he wasn't a very good 125 rider. And when the four stroke came around, he was it really just suited his style. Yeah. He was smoother. He could handle the throttle more power yeah, right. better. And then especially, I remember when he first got on a 450 Kawasaki, being like, "Man, this guy on 450s yeah. is sick." Like he was good. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Uh, nice little step back in your career, a little bit look back on your career and everything else. So, um, yeah, I was going to ask you your favorite track, but it's Millville, right? We Millville's even, good. We don't even need to bother with that. Millville's awesome. Um, Trey's top track is probably my favorite track of all time now, though, like his at his house. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, it's so fun. <laughs> it's like... I know that's Are you going to ask David to hold a national? I, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, we know that go. Right, right. <laughs> uh, top Jimmy Albertson on the uh, racer, BTOsports.com, RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Uh, thanks, Jimmy. Appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's start the Pulp Show here shortly. Yeah, for sure. All right. And uh, look for updates on um, our Armor Energy racing team. New rider coming soon. J-Law? Yes. Because J-Law's an Armor oh, guy. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Right. He was he was really happy with you. Oh yeah, yeah, he was so pumped yeah. on me. Right. Well, All right, thanks Jimmy. We'll end on that note. Yeah. Bye. This has been the BTOsports.com podcast show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Sorbic is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. And I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pit and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 500 more great motocross podcasts. The days and the months and the years.